This week, I wasn't really sure. I was like, Lord, it's just been a hard week. It's just been a difficult week. And I couldn't really, and I know some people have obviously dealt with a lot more this week than I have, you know, technically, physically. I couldn't really identify why. I was just, I was tired. You know, it felt like you, when you're walking through about water that's about that deep, like just nothing was easy. It was exhausting. And, and towards the end of the week, I still didn't know. I'm like, Lord, I, plus I don't know. I was like, What's, what direction do you want to go? I'm reading over Luke 8. I'm reading over Luke 9. God, where do you want to go? What do you want us to, to, to look at on Sunday? And I was just like, it's like the word that I felt was zonked. Have you ever felt just zonked? I know that we mean other things, but I used to mean just tired. It's also just, I don't, like my brain doesn't seem to be making the right connections. Ever just, anyway, I'm just going through that. And I, I, I've dealt with that before. And so I'm not completely, you know, it's not completely foreign to me. But it's still kind of frustrating and it's, it's strenuous. And it, I'm like, Lord, I'm just, I went to God with us. I was like, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm tired. I'm zonked. I was like, I don't know what, is there something wrong with me? Is this something I'm supposed to fight through? I'm just feeling that away. And then I was like, well, I'm probably not the only one that's feeling that way. I'm probably not the only one that's been dealing with that. I was like, so maybe, God, maybe I can pull on that. Maybe you're wanting to, you know, kind of tease something out there, you know, that I can, I'm like, zonked. I don't really know where that is in the Bible. But and at the same time, uh, the, the other day was in the afternoon. Again, you know, you always get more tired in the afternoon and in the evening. And uh, I had just finished looking at an article online, which was probably a mistake. And it had a video with it, and I won't burden you with what it was, but it was just, I mean, it just hurt my heart. Like, it, it just, it, it, it weighed me down because it was just people being ugly. I mean, shouting, yelling, you know, all this anxious energy and aggression. It was just ugly and such a mess. And I was like, why does this keep, why are we doing this? Like what, God, what do we need to hear right now? And I was like, well, if I could say one thing, like to the people that were involved in that, or, you know, some, a lot of this stuff going on, if I could just say one thing, what would it be? Calm down. It just echoed my, calm down, calm down. You got to calm down. And, and I'm driving as I'm, I'm thinking through that and just, just praying and processing. I was like, well, I done read Luke 8 a few times and this has something to say about calm in it. So I said, now I know exactly where we need to go. And that's Luke 8 and 22. And I'll read it. Uh, Luke 8, 22, it says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. And as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, he asked the disciples, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. 
So Jesus has told them, we're going to go from this side of the lake to the other side. Let's go across. And they start going across. He's tired. He's probably been teaching all day. They would just go around all over the place. And so he settles down for a nap. A storm blows in. And the, the elevation of every body of water is below, right? Because that's how it holds water. But this is even more so as far as the land rising up around it, which creates like a big bowl where this body of water is. And so when a storm comes in, it can sit down on that and just start to start to go. And so this one uh, was obviously really bad. It says that the boat was filling with water. They were in danger and they're freaking out. Master, master, they're going to wake Jesus up. He's still asleep. They go to wake him up. We're going to drown. Now, remember, there were 12 disciples, right? 12 of them. A third of that group were seasoned fishermen. Like that's what they did for a living. They worked out on the lake. That's what they did. So they had been out on the lake in a storm. And we have no record to say that they were like, guys, this one's not really that bad. Just calm down. Everybody, all of them as a group were very stressed and concerned and afraid. So uh, you have to think if it wasn't the worst that they had seen, it was close to the worst that they had seen. And again, probably no warning because otherwise the guys that know what they're doing, hey, we really shouldn't go across right now because, you know, storm's building, we, we'll just wait. So this just came on all of a sudden and without warning, just rolled in. Kind of sounds like 2020, right? Kind of sounds like that, you know, we're just, you know, it's, it's December 2019. We're like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be kind of cool. New year. All right, let's go. We're just rolling right into it and all of a sudden, storms, plural, start breaking out. Because if we have anything right now, it's a sure enough storm. Multiple storms. Anything. We got, I was, at, I was at my little desk at the house. I was straightening it up. And I've, I write on everything. Like I don't keep anything electronically probably like I should. I just write, pen and paper write. So I have a lot of little notes scratched out. Uh, something that I'll have you know, thought over if I'm working on, you know, all my notes. And I had a little piece of paper. And if you were here at the end of the year, you know, we talked a lot about the new year and, you know, sober contemplation about it. And one of the notes I had written said, don't put too much pressure on 2020. <laughs> you know, we talked about that. You're, you're not going to be perfect at the end of the year. Don't, you know, because you're thinking New Year's resolution. But I, don't put too much pressure on 2020. And I got that. I was like, 2020 is putting pressure on us. <laughs> Like this is this turned around quick, Jack. But I was like, yeah, no problem there. I'm not putting any pressure on it. But so just like even these fishermen, they were seasoned, all right? They had seen a lot. They had been out on the water, but this was freaking them out. And so we, we've been through a lot, right? We've seen a lot. If you've been around a little bit, you've dealt with a little bit. We've never seen anything like what's going on right now. It's a chaos that offends our sensibilities, just our human sensibilities. We don't like chaos, right? But then God, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, He brings order out of chaos. So it's offensive to the Spirit on the inside of us as well for things to be chaotic. And they were in the middle of this storm, the middle of chaos. They didn't know what to do. Where was Jesus? Jesus was sleeping. Jesus was taking a nap in the boat and they go, master, master, we're going to drown. What are, you know, help, what are we going to do? And so he wakes up, he rebukes the storm, which that word, it's a Bible word, you don't hear it a lot, but it just means like ordered with disapproval. Like go to your room, 
You know, that's a rebuke. Stop that. You shouldn't be doing that. That's a rebuke. And so he rebuked the storm and everything stopped. And it says suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. And then what did Jesus say to them? He didn't say, well, that was a doozy, wasn't it? Oh, man, what'd you wake me up for? He just said, where is your faith? So let's look back to the first verse that we read. Okay, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, the Messiah gets in the boat with his disciples. Remember the disciples that would be the beginnings of the church on earth. This is this group of people. He gets in the boat with them and he says, let's go to the other side. Where did Jesus say they were going? He said they're going to the other side. And then he settled, down, he settled in for a nap. So he's feeling good. And then the storm blows in like they've never seen. So wait, a storm came where Jesus was? Yeah. A storm set on the guys who would be the beginnings of the church? Yeah. So the church isn't exempt from being in the storm? They're freaking out. Master, we're drowning. And I think if Jesus was a little bit more direct, he would probably have said, he said, where is your faith? He probably would have said, what are you doing drowning when I told you we're going to the other side? That's what a dad would say, right? <laughs> dad, we're drowning. What are you doing drowning? You're supposed to be swimming. What are you doing? <laughs> going here to the other side. Master, we're drowning. He was in... The boat. Yeah, you, know, you remember the one time we already talked about where he, he got in the boat with Peter and Andrew and James and John are there in their boat. And he showed them that he had dominion because they had fished all night and they didn't catch anything. And he says, yeah, we're going to go right over there. And they're like, I mean, all the nets are ready to go home and we're tired. We're hungry. We're ready to go home. We're kind of upset. We hadn't caught anything. He says, go right over there and drop it. And so they did. And then just so many fish that it was a miracle. So many fish jumped in the net. The nets were tearing. They had to get extra boats, like however many months worth of fish caught at one time. And so you remember what happens when Jesus is in the boat. And so he gets up and he rebukes the storm. He tells it to go to its room and it listens, which is awesome. And calm comes, great calm. You know, sometimes it, it, the greater the storm, the greater the calm seems after it's over, Right. The greater the turmoil and, 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 and trial, when it ceases, the calm is that much greater than normal. And it reminds us here that Jesus has the victory over chaos. Jesus has the victory over the storm because he said they were going to the other side. And then he said to them, the instruction at the end of it from Jesus to the disciples was, where is your faith? What is faith? Faith is belief. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I, I, I can infer there that he's saying, do you remember who I am? Do you remember everything that I've said? Do you remember what I've done? Do you remember who's in the boat with you? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Because again, faith is seeing the situation, seeing any situation, seeing anything the way that God sees it. And so when I hear Jesus say, where is your faith? I hear him saying, who am I? What did I say? And it says after that, 
the disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? He commands the wind and the waves and they obey him. Now, the disciples had been with him for a little while, but they still didn't know everything about him yet which is cool. And we, we can recognize that. We thought we knew Jesus five years ago. How much more do we know him now? Right. We're learning more. He's not changing. We're learning more about him. Our understanding of him is growing. He's not growing, but our understanding of him is growing. Scripture says we're looking at him now through a dirty window that's dark on the other side. But that one day we'll see him face face like we can see ourselves in the mirror. So when did the learning take place for them in this situation? The learning took place in this passage after and through the storm. When we go through storms, when we go through trials and troubles and difficult situations, we can expect that on the backside of that, there's going to be deep, delightful rest and peace for the child of God. We can expect that we can't expect to never go through storms we're not going to be exempt from the being involved in the chaos but on the other side of the chaos how great the calm is going to be so are we responding to any of our current crises like the disciples are we responding fearfully the what are we going to do this is going to be the end of all of what's, what's going to happen when it seems like society is descending into chaos and madness and we're exposed to all of it like never before, our exposure to it is through the roof. How are we responding? Because we're, we're, we're presented with a nation's worth, if not a world's worth of weight to try to process, of injustice, of violence, of anger, of rage, of fear, of anxiety, of pain and problems. A nation's worth of issues and we're able to hold it in the palm of our hand and look at it and see it and know about it and hear about it and read about it and that will leave you Zonked. It just will. It just will because God put in me, he put in us a spirit that seeks to bring order out of chaos. He's not a God of chaos. He's not a God of disorder. We are his children, so we don't process chaos well. We know that it shouldn't be that way. To bring, we, we, we're designed to bring peace to turmoil. But when I measure myself against what the world is in need of, I find myself lacking big time, don't we? Lacking big time because my brain is trying to reconcile and repair all the problems that I'm seeing on here. It's trying to fix everyone. Well, how do we fix that? How do we do that? How do we? And it will wear you out. I'm trying to reconcile the wide world and he's only assigned me to my little corner of it. And it's exhausting. He built us to minister. He built us to bring peace to confusion and wisdom to foolishness and love to situations where it was unloving or even hateful. He built us to do that, but only in a specific way. 
area because we're human and we're limited and we're finite, but we're looking at it feeling like we got to carry the weight of all of it. Right? He built us to minister where we are, our life first, our family, our church, our, our areas of influence, our community, our neighbors. And then from time to time to glance up, to glance up from what we're doing locally, what he's called us to do locally and to look up and go, man, the world is big. There's a lot of stuff going on. God, I see your purpose. I see where we're headed, but I'm going to get back to this. And what we've done is we've flipped it. We're looking at the world and all the problems more than we're focusing in on the areas that he's actually called us to and equipped us to handle. He's not equipped us to handle and put out the fires worldwide, but we can put out the fires in our backyard. But we've got it flipped. We're trying to reconcile the whole wide world and we're getting exhausted at the prospect of that. And so we don't even feel like we're ready and prepared to help the person at work, to minister even in our own home. Have you ever been doing that? You're, you're really into something you're like, man, this is, this is kid coming up. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, daddy, I need this. I need this. Oh, you don't understand how bad this is. Daddy, I need this. Hush. We're all going to die. You don't see this. I'm trying to fix the world. And we don't say it, but that's what's happening, right? I'm letting that weigh on me and I'm neglecting what I can actually do. I'm focusing on the things that I can't do and I'm neglecting the things that I actually have in my hands, the tools to work on. See, we have storms. We're going to have storms in our own life. You just be ready for that. That, that will come. We'll have storms in our own life. But we're trying to walk through everybody's storm at the same time. Everybody, everywhere's storm at the same time. And then you mix in this humanism idea that is being perpetuated in society now that if we could just get everybody to agree on the same thing and work together, then everything would be right. We could just make everything right. Man, that's, that's, and we know enough people to know that's not going to happen. And, and it's a lie to say, it, it, the lie is we can do that without God. That we can just all come together in agreement and that we can make it work. But see, what that philosophy requires is your assent to what they're saying and your action. And so what you're seeing isn't just like, hey, isn't this bad? It, they're calling you to action. They're asking you to do something about it and making you feel like you failed because you can't fix it, which we know that he's the only one that can put everything to right, righteousness, justice, truth. He's the only one that can do it, but it's being perpetuated that, well, if we could just get all these naysayers here and if we could just get that cleaned up, then we would have enough people in agreement that we could build whatever, a tower to heaven. I don't know what they're going to want to do, <laughs> right? We know how that worked out in the Bible. Didn't we? Yeah, if we could just do that, no, no. But even that demands assent. It demands action, on things that you can't, you can't anymore do anything about than a man in the moon. I don't know, have y'all ever been on this one website, Facebook? <laughs> I think they should change the name of it to Fight Club because everybody's ready to fight all the time, all the time. It was so refreshing 
Father's Day and even Mother's Day, I guess, was the same way. You know, because you're scrolling through there and it's everybody pictures of their dad. And they're just talking about, oh, yeah, my dad. I'm like, this is nice. This is a nice little break. And then like back to that evening. Nope, we're all fighting again. I, I fought, listened to a comedian and he said something really funny. He said, Twitter is where you go for celebrities to tell you how awful you are. And Facebook is where you go for your friends and family to tell you how awful you are. And I was like, well, there may, be some, there may be some truth in that, but what do you have? You have people, us, we're, we're there, and we're holding the world in our hands, access to the world in our hands. You remember the song, you know, he's got the whole world in his hands. God holds the whole world in his hands. Well, there we are holding all of this information, all of these people, all of these places in our hands, and, and it starts to make you feel like a, a, a little G God to have access to all of that. You feel like you've got this authority, but it doesn't come with any ability. You can check on anything, anybody, anywhere right away. That's a pretty powerful thing to have, but you don't have anything else after that. But you see what people are doing flipping through there. I'm holding everything in my hands. I can see everything. I must sit in judgment of it. I must determine what is right and what is wrong. And if, there, if I find any wrong, I must rectify it. And you see this. All the, there's so many of these different divisions in society and they're just all ready to fight all the time. They are so ready to fix your post for you. Kelly and I were talking, she follows you know, different people on Instagram, stuff like that. She said this, this one that I follow, I think she was on TV at some point, so she's got a lot of people that pay attention to her. You know, nobody really pays attention to any of our stuff, but some of the people that have a lot more people following them, she's like, she's had to start, like if she posts something, explaining like all the stuff that she knows people are gonna fight about. Like if she, she posts a picture of her kids sitting in the, you know, passenger seat of the car. She's like, now y'all just need to know the car wasn't moving. It was still, the air was running. It wasn't hot in there, you know, because people are just ready. How dare you put, how dare you do this? They just, but why? Because they got the whole world in their hands and they're going to fix all of it. Right. And for some reason they have to do it forcefully and with a lot of meanness. But it's, it's calling me to do something that I can't do. It, it's either calling me to join in the mayhem, but like, oh, we fighting today. All right, well, let's go. I want to fight too. Or to try to fix it. And I'm not equipped to do either one of those things. So it leaves me feeling what? Tired, zonked, and like a failure. Because again, it's just fighting all the Time. And if I look too long, it exhausts my heart and it dashes my hope. It just goes, God, I thought the problem was just this big. The problem's a lot bigger than I thought that it was. And he's like, yeah, he's been knowing that, right? But it, it takes me down to a place where I'm like, man, that just, now it just makes me sad. People just being mean to each other all over the place. Now, when I talk like that, I'm not saying that we can't speak about politics or health, you know, this, this virus stuff, that we can't talk about 
education, that we can't talk about any of the things that, that are going on in life that we may be able to have input in. Can we talk about those things? Yes, absolutely. And here's how we should do it. Calmly, lovingly, with wisdom that comes from the Word and with hope that He would be Lord over it. So yes, we absolutely can. We absolutely can. That's how we need to do it. And when you start talking about these things, well, I wonder if he's siding with him on this. I wonder if he, you know, I guess he's okay with leaving kids in the front seat of the car. <laughs> you know, the different things. Well, where, are we, where do you side on that? I side with him. I'm with him. I'm with what he said. What did he say? Why don't we talk about that? Right? Why don't we talk about that? You know, is, is he talking about, well, he must have seen a post. He must have seen what I put. Then I mean, no, no. This is what my heart feels when I'm processing that stuff. And I know it's all common to all of us. So, see, you can be in the storm without being a part of the storm. You can be in the storm without the storm being in you, right? The storm can be going on, but it doesn't have to go on inside of you. And you don't have to be adding to it. Remember, where was Jesus when all this was going on? He was asleep. He was taking a nap. So the calm that ended up manifesting itself over the wind, over the waves, over nature itself was already working on the inside of him. It was already in there. It was already active. How else could he sleep through that, right? He's Jesus. He kind of knows when things are going to happen. He kind of knows what's going to go on. We've already seen where he read people's minds. I don't think he was just shocked that there was a storm. So what was, was, he, was he foolish? Are they sleeping in a storm? Well, no, of course not. Didn't he care? Did, was he just uncaring? Well, if they all die, I'm the son of God. I'll be okay. No, obviously that just abounded out. He released it out of himself. The calm that was already at operation that he was already experiencing on the inside, he just turned it loose on everything else. And then he said to them, where is your faith? So when the storm's raging and when we get scared, where is our faith? Have we been remembering what he said? Have we been remembering that he's with us? That we're not alone in the storm, that he's in the boat and that he has something to say about it. Where is our faith? Have we been looking to him or have we gotten preoccupied with everything that's going on in the storm? That we've stopped looking at him. Have we got overwhelmed with a storm a hundred miles away and forgotten to take care of the things that he's given us to do here? Have we become overwhelmed with something that isn't even given to us to do and missing what he actually has given to us to do? Have we forgotten to minister love in our own backyard because we're so caught up in the turmoil that's happening? Because again, we got it. We can see it. We can look at it. And most of it is awful. And we need to see some of that. We need to go, okay, no, we, we got a lot of work to do. Let me go back here and go back to working. And never getting the two flipped where I spend all my time, energy, and attention just reviewing, yep, things are still bad. Things going to be bad till it's over, till he redeems everything. There's always going to be 
things going on, we start here and work out from there. Amen? So at the end of this, and, and I'm going to finish up. Andrew, if you want to go ahead and come, we'll get ready to sing together before I talk any more about Facebook. For some, Facebook is good, right? Y'all are on Facebook right now. There's good things on there. There are good things on there. And we can, we can make sure there's more good things on there. Amen. But they said, they said the disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? See, they knew him, but they needed to know him more. And we're the same way. We're the same way. We can have an understanding. We can have faith. We can have belief. We can have a relationship with him. We don't yet know him enough. We don't yet know him enough. We don't yet see him as big as he actually is, which is big enough to hold us, sustain us through anything that we go through. There are important things, serious issues that we as the body of Christ need to handle, that we need to be involved in, that we need to, to speak to, but we always have to make sure that we're handling them rightly, that we're not just getting jumped up and emotional and going out and trying to do something with our own strength and our own wit and wisdom, but that we're always looking to the one in the boat that controls all things, that we're not trying to get off without him because the world will see the difference. It's going to see the difference in how the church handles things when they're handling things rightly and how the world handles things. We've seen how the world handles things. It doesn't go well. He's got a better way. He's got a better way. Amen. So when you're holding the world in your hands and looking through it, just remember you're not by yourself. You're not by yourself and don't get so preoccupied with the ability to see into far places and interesting things that you forget that he's put you in a place here, in a, in, in a home, in a community, in a church, in a workplace, wherever he's put you, he's put you there. And that's what he's given you to, to love those, encourage those, bring wisdom into foolishness there. In those areas, we can have a great effect. Amen. Let's pray and then we'll, then we'll sing together. Father, thank you. Thank you for the ability to see into far places and to communicate, Lord, in ways that we've never known before. But we, we also see, Father, that there's a downside to that. Lord, I thank you that you're going to teach us and train us into how, better, how to better handle the things that you have graciously given us in this time in the world. God, the things that we have access to. Lord, that we wouldn't use them improperly, but that we would let you use us in the areas that you've placed us in. God, forgive us for being overwhelmed by the storm. It's a big storm, but you're a big God. Lord, forgive us when we got worked up about somebody else's storm, when we had something else right here at hand that you had called us, asked us, actually equipped us to do. God, forgive us for the things that we've neglected. And I thank you for wisdom and attention for those things. 
God, I do pray for our country. I pray for our world, God. You're the only peace that we can find. You are the only calm to the storm. And Father, I thank you that you calm it first in our hearts, our homes, our households, and that we can carry it out from there. Just like calm was working on the inside of Jesus and he just let it loose. I thank you that it'll be at work on the inside of us and that we can take it with us wherever we go because your spirit never leaves us, doesn't ever leave us alone, that we would be more aware of that and that we would grow in our knowledge of who you are and what you said so that our faith will be built up and be strengthened. So when we do encounter a storm in our own boat, that we won't be disturbed, but we'll know that we're going to the other side. God, I pray for your people as we get ready to go today. I thank you that we'll leave in unity together with one another. I thank you, Lord, for the blessing of being able to join together as the body of Christ to lift you up together around you and what you're doing. And I pray, Lord, that you would mobilize us, protect your people, keep them safe. Lord, relieve us from the threat of this virus. I thank you, Lord, that you are able to work in ways that you have not even yet shown. And we ask you to do mighty works, mighty works in our world today. God, defend your people. I, I, I pray for those that are weak in their body today, that you strengthen them and give them peace. Healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, I, I pray for those that, that, that are worn out in their mind, that have carried too much, that are, that are literally zoned. God, I thank you that you're able to restore us, bring joy to our hearts, peace to our minds, that regardless how big the situation is, is we know that you're bigger regardless how difficult things get we know that you're better lord that we know that this is only for a short time that in this life we'll have tribulations but you have overcome the world and i thank you father for the promise that you have made in that that we know that you'll keep because that is what you do and i thank you lord that you'll help our eyes be open that our hearts will be ready, our eyes open to minister to those around us who are also zonked, who are also afraid, who are also overwhelmed by the storms of life. God, that we can speak and build faith in you on the inside of them that they can look to you and receive from you what only you can give. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together.